Thank you for tuning in. This is the Fit Minute Podcast, where we talk all things health, fitness, and lifestyle. And now for the show. Welcome back. I'm your host, Gabby Mazar. And on today's episode, I have Tony Okamoto. She is the author of Plant-Based on a Budget, Quick and Easy. Welcome to the show. Hi, Gabby. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you on the show. I have your cookbook right here. I have uh, looked through all the recipes. I haven't made any yet, but I'm so excited to start cooking uh, and trying some of them. So tell me a little bit about this book. Uh, Tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, let's just go right into it. Well, uh, as you mentioned, my name is Tony. I've been running a brand of called Plant Based on a Budget for 11 years now. It has been a big passion project of mine. And in 2016, I left my job and started focusing all of my attention there. And with my new cookbook, Plant Based on a Budget Quick and Easy, I am hoping to show people how they can eat a delicious, nourishing plant-based diet while not having to spend so much time in the kitchen or a lot of money on groceries. Yeah, I think uh, the misconception about like one, eating healthy and two, eating vegan or eating plant-based uh is that it's expensive and that it's time consuming so uh, i love that your book is focusing on quick and easy recipes so uh, that's really important that people can understand that it can be quick and easy and can also be healthy as well so tell me a little bit about uh why you are vegan and why you decided to go vegan in the first place originally i did not ever consider the impact of food on my health. I thought it was just for filling my belly and tasting delicious, but it wasn't until I was running track. I was about 16 years old and my coach was very concerned about how I was feeling really sick after track practices. And he asked what I was eating, which I thought was a weird question. And I told him I was eating a lot of fast food. There was a Taco Bell right across the street from my school. So everybody went there for lunch. And also I ate a lot of quick meals to throw together that were more processed, like hamburger helper, or box mac and cheese, top ramen. And uh, and so he suggested that I cut back on the red meat and especially on the fast food. And so I did. Yeah, fast food is definitely, you know, it impacts our body. There's a lot of impact that we don't seem to understand about food as well. Um, so there there is a lot about eating vegan and cutting meat and i myself not vegan i do eat meat as well but i do understand how it can um how it can benefit people tremendously so tell us a little bit how that has kind of changed your life and kind of changed your health and maybe changed the course of how you have done things i know there's a meal plan in your book as well uh, so i started very slowly and very gradually eliminating meat is uh, starting with the red meat, but then moving on to fish. And uh, I later became vegetarian when I moved out of my family's house. It was quite a challenge for me to have parents who did not understand vegetarianism because uh, I guess it's twofold. One, they're very tied to their cultural foods. It's a way of expression uh, of affection and celebration and love to share food uh, in Mexican culture. So to 
reject that can also be a sign of disrespect. And so there, there was a balance that I had to do of maintaining what I wanted for myself, but also being respectful of my parents and my family. And uh, from there, once we all got on board and learned what vegetarian meant, I became vegan at age 20 when I was in a vegetarian club on campus at my college. Uh, And I did not mean to get into it. It was actually extra credit in my intro to ethics class. One third portion of the ethics class was animal ethics. And she gave us extra credit to go meet these people at veg, at veg club. And I really hit it off well with the people. They were my age. They had similar obstacles. And building a community, whether it's with uh, food preferences or fitness goals or whatever, really propels you forward in your goals. So that was what helped me learn about plant-based eating and also move forward with it in a way that was sustainable. And for me, it's never been about perfection. I don't care much about perfection. It's always been about doing what feels right long-term and not being hard on myself when I make mistakes on accident or on purpose just soda and eliminate food and then eliminating red meat and then slowly you start to get used to different things and and um, then finding people that do those things also you find a community that you know like you you have your cookbooks now so now you have quick and easy recipes and you can try all these recipes and you make it fun so you have a way of making it a lifestyle and you're you're definitely right Food is very, very tied to culture. It's very tied to culture and tradition, and this is how we do things. So it can be very difficult, especially when it comes to family, to you know try and separate those two things as well. But you know, once you can get people on board, it's it's definitely understandable. I know for me, with my family, you know, I make recipes that are gluten free, or I make recipes that are a little bit different. And they're always like, Oh, here we go again, you know, here she's making this. And it's like, just try it and shut up. you know. <laughs> like, but you know, that's family. So with this book, um, what are some of your favorite recipes in this book or some of the most popular ones that you think you're going to have in this book? I love this book. It's very different from my other book because it's all about how to save time in the kitchen. My first book, Plant-Based on a Budget, was at a place in my life where I had more time and no money. I was trying to work my way out of debt and doing a lot of meal planning and cooking from scratch really helped with my goals. So In that book, I was teaching people how to make their own bread, how to make their own pizza crust, how to make their own beans from dried beans. And with this book, I'm trying to teach people how to get in and out of the kitchen as fast as possible so that they can focus on nourishment and delicious eating, but also spend time with their families or not stress about what to make after a long day of a hard job. And I appreciate the most of this is that there are a lot of different meal planning and meal prepping ways that I lay out for people. And you can select what is best for you and your needs. You can expect things like meal um, meal prepping with 
um, mix and match bowls. That's my style. It's my preferred style. And that would look like creating um, maybe a big batch of rice for the week and then relying on some pinto beans from a can. And, you know, you have some tortillas, you know, you have some frozen vegetables and, uh, you know, you have a, some salsa and a couple of different sauces. You can whip up meals together very quickly uh, with having a plan in place. And it doesn't need to take a lot of time and effort to throw those things together. But then there are a lot of other ways that you can cook like sheet pan dishes where everything is done on a sheet pan or in one pot, or you double batch things so that you can throw something in the freezer or throw one batch in the freezer and have leftovers. So there's something for everyone. My favorite meals right now would be the hummus pizza. It's very, very, very fast to put together. It takes about five minutes of active prep, maybe 10 minutes total. And it's a piece pizza crust. You can either make that yourself or buy a store-bought crust and then layer it with hummus and top it with all of your favorite veggies. And what's different about my cookbook is that you will have a base of ingredients that I recommend to make a tasty recipe, but there's a lot of flexibility to change things that based on your preferences or based on my suggestions. So beyond the main ingredient list, you will also find the optional additions, which are um, delicious and enhance the flavors, but can be a little bit more expensive. So you might want to uh, take note if you have them on hand already, or if you have that budget to add those in at the grocery store. And then lastly, there's a section called my tips where the reader can add in the things that their family preferred about the recipe. So Say you make this hummus pizza and you wanted to add in um, baked tofu on top and I didn't call for baked tofu. Now you can add it in how you made the baked tofu or which recipe you pulled from or how long you cooked it and any other additions that you and your family liked. Yeah. So, okay. So if, if you're on video, you can see I'm showing the picture of the baked or the hummus pizza. It looks delicious. Thank you. Uh, it's got olives and artichokes and spinach and tomatoes and cucumbers. And yum, delicious. Love it. I would totally eat that. Um, but yeah, it was like so quick and easy. You know, you can buy, you can buy the um, art. You can buy the pre-made ones like they have just that are already cooked. Or you can buy like the dough and just, you know, roll mm -hmm. it out that too. Uh, one of the ones, one of the things I appreciate about this book is the, the breakfasts because I can't really eat eggs um, and there aren't a ton of recipes for breakfast that aren't eggs. So one of the ones that I really want to try is the breakfast burrito mm. that I'm super excited about, which is here as showing a picture if you're if you can watching the youtube video if not then you need to go to the book and find the book so <laughs> it, <laughs> but um that. yeah that the hash brown veggie breakfast burrito um super looks super delicious hash browns red onion green bell peppers mushrooms turmeric and cumin love um and refried beans all those things just sound so delicious and like nourishing for a breakfast and uh, i just i can't I don't do well with eggs. I can eat them sometimes, but um, 
not there's so many breakfasts and recipes and you google breakfast recipes and it's like there just aren't a ton um, without eggs Also, eggs are really incredibly expensive right now. I walked by them at the grocery store and had to do a double take at the $8 dozen of eggs. They I are. could not believe it. So uh, having some other alternatives in your rotation to at least get you past these very expensive times uh, will be helpful on your grocery budget. Yeah, But absolutely. Like the, there's an oat, uh, like blueberry and oat baked breakfast that sounds delicious as well. So having some different options too, for times like this where eggs are $95 for a dozen <laughs> is a great option as well. So um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited to try some of those as well. So, Thank you. so you said your other cookbook, um, Tell us a little bit about that one as well, plant-based on a budget. That one is um, about creating things differently, not in quick and easy, but tell us a little bit about the other book. So the the book that this is a follow-up to is called Plant-Based on a Budget. And I, at the time, again, I was really, really on a tight budget when I wrote that cookbook. And I wanted to share with people who were on a similar path of trying to uh, save money, get out of debt, um, or or maybe not get out of debt, but save money to go on a vacation or be more thoughtful about how they spent money on food. I wanted to start with the basics. So that is very bare bones. It has a very similar layout. Each recipe has a photo. Uh, there is a lot of flexibility with my tips and the suggestions of additions. And I really love how it turned out. It Its simplicity allows a diverse crowd to use the recipe. So you don't have to be super experienced in the kitchen and have- and You don't have to be vegan either. Like all these right. recipes can be for anybody. Correct. Uh, actually, I've surveyed my audience and I have found that 65% of people who are part of my community eat meat and dairy and eggs and are looking to eat more plant-based dishes. Yeah, I like like I said personally, I I do eat meat, but I I try to eat honestly when I fill my plate, most of it is vegetables, you know, because I try to eat as healthy as possible. So, meat is a very small portion of my plate. Uh, usually, it is not the largest part of my plate is usually vegetables. Um, I'm not. I don't eat a ton of fruit, which I probably should eat more fruit. But <laughs> I I eat a lot of vegetables, um, and meat is not not. Um, not the largest portion of what I eat. Um, you know, you have to get all the minerals and the fiber and the things that you need from plants that you just don't get from animal, the animal protein, you know, you're not getting all of the things that you need that you can get from spinach, that you can get from avocado, that you can get from you know, your beans and your lentils. There, There's so much more that you get out of that than you don't get from eating meat. So true. I hear from people all the time, especially with the digestion, uh, having a lot of fiber intake is so good for you and your gut and also makes your experience on the toilet much easier. 
Yeah, definitely. I think people that eat a ton of meat and cheese and don't get a lot of fiber tend to, I'm not a doctor, but tend to have uh, more issues with constipation, uh, more gut, you know, but that's, again, I'm not a doctor. So this is just what I've heard from people that I know. So um, there's a great, there's a great book called uh, Fiber Fueled. And he covers a lot of these topics. His name is Dr. Will Bolsowitz. Uh, he's a gastroenterologist. And I highly recommend it for anybody who is interested in better digestion and creating a better and healthier gut microbiome. Yeah, I, I do. I've talked about gut, like gut biome and like healthy guts as well on here. And I think having a balanced diet is so very important as well. So, and you can have a balanced diet. So there's a lot of ways you can get protein in your vegetables as or in, in your vegetables, but also in a vegan diet as well. Can you describe some of the ways that you add protein into your recipes? Sure. I love legumes. I, I especially love that they are very extremely affordable for a, a source of protein. I will talk about pinto beans. That's my personal favorite. They're about $1.50, which is up slightly because of the rising prices of food, but still $1.50 per pound for uh, protein is not bad when you're looking at beef prices are much more expensive. So that's my my source. And when you buy it, it triples in size once cooked. And you can use them in all different types of ways. You can throw them in pasta. You can put them in a soup, like a minestrone. You can um, put them in a burrito, of course, and do lots of Mexican-inspired dishes. So that's my favorite. It's very affordable, but there are also many other equally affordable options like lentils and split peas and quinoa and tofu and uh, many others as well. How do you, you know, there's kind of that joke that you buy your vegetables at the store just to see them go bad in your refrigerator. <laughs> How do you buy food and make sure that you're using it in time that it doesn't spoil because obviously with you know fruits and vegetables they have a shorter shelf life than you know like chicken or you can't put it i mean you can put stuff in the freezer you can buy frozen vegetables but if you're buying fresh stuff how do you ensure that you're getting stuff and using it in a timely manner so that you or or how do you how do you buy stuff to know that you're going to use it properly I am all about meal planning. Meal planning is essential in preventing food waste and also saving money and also saving time. But we'll talk about food waste right now since that's your question. Uh, buying only what you need will ensure that you use it because you had a plan for the thing that you purchased. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of ways to extend the lifespan of produce once it's in your refrigerator. Like cilantro. My husband a long time ago used to joke that our house was the place cilantro came to die <laughs> because immediately upon entry, it would start to wilt. But now I treat it like a bouquet of flowers. Mm -hmm. I cut the bottoms off. I put them in a glass of water. And then if you want to go an extra step, you can put a bag on top of it, like a 
either a Ziploc bag or a silicone bag, whatever you use and keep it in the refrigerator. And it really does extend the life. And I do things, I do that with things like kale and um, lettuces, but if I'm doing something like spinach or basil, I would instead make sure that I keep it in an airtight container with a layer on each side of paper towels so that it absorbs the moisture and they don't become soggy later. Yeah. Spinach is the one thing that I put in my refrigerator to die for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. Everyone has their thing. Mm -hmm. But lettuces seem to last for a long time. Uh, the cilantros, green onions, I can make last forever, but um, citrus and apples can last for a long time. But there's some things you just bring into your house that you put in there and you never, you know, carrots, if you put carrots in water, carrots tend to last for a long time as well, but you do have mm -hmm. to change out the water, otherwise it gets slimy and gross, so don't do that, but. Yes, and what's, what's uh, really, smart, but it does require some effort, very minor effort, is if you know that something is about to expire, say your spinach, you can just toss it into the freezer and use it in a smoothie so that it doesn't go bad or in a stir fry or in a soup. And that'll, I know that'll prevent you from feeling the awful feeling of tossing your hard-earned money into the garbage. Yeah. Uh, as far as like meal prepping or, you know, your meal plans, how do you, um, how do you put a meal plan together that makes sense uh, for you and for other people that is um, easily like not conformable, that, that's not a word, easily to, easily to use? I don't know what I'm trying to say. How do you put a meal plan together that people can use easily? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been meal planning for quite some time now, and I have my own formula that works for me and my family, but everyone has their own style. And what I recommend people starting with is taking inventory of what you have on hand. There's no need to go buy all new ingredients when you have perfectly good food at home. So taking note of the things that you have and building your meal plan on that. You're going to also want to focus on creating a meal plan that has some overlapping ingredients, overlapping ingredients so that uh, you're not buying something using half of the onion, half of the celery, half of the carrots in the bag, and then not using them at all for the rest of the week. So what I like to do is if I'm buying those things, a package of onions and celery and and um, carrots, make sure that maybe in one dish I'm making a soup and then the other dish I'm making a stir fry so that I can use up those ingredients and they don't do what we were just talking about and expire in the refrigerator. Um, that's a, those are the, the big picture notes that I have. But once you decide what works for you with meal prepping. There are a lot of ways. There's the freezer friendly. There's the one pot sheet pan, all, one uh, mix and match. I, again, I think I mentioned this earlier. I prefer the mix and match. Uh, and 
in my style of meal planning, there's a actually a sample meal plan and plan based on a budget quick and easy. What I usually do is I make four entrees throughout the week and you'll eat those for leftovers for lunch and on dinner some nights. So you do get variety and diversity of nutrients and you won't get tired and hate the same thing that you made in a big batch later on in the week. And then for breakfast, you're eating things like um, oats or smoothies. Um, you can also vary it up with some freezer pancakes or freezer waffles. And then for lunch, I usually, again, do leftovers or a big salad. Now, one of the things I've noticed with like meal plans is that sometimes either they're exactly the same every single day, or it's one ingredient for this and one ingredient for that and one ingredient for that. Then you're spending, you know, $300 on a meal plan for a week or more now. And it's like every single ingredient or every single recipe has different ingredients in it. And it's like, that's not sustainable for people. That's nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to continue doing it because a, they can't, and B, they're wasting a ton of food and a ton of time. So you have to make it easy for people to continue doing, but also change it up enough so that they're not just eating chicken and vegetables every day or just eating, you know, minestrone for breakfast or lunch and, you know, breakfast burritos for breakfast and pasta for dinner. You know, it's like the same thing every single day. That's so boring. People don't want to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, Plant-based on a budget. Um, is That's your website as well, plant-based on a budget. That and is, yep. You also have a TonyOkamoto.com is another website where people can find you as well. Uh, and then you are on Instagram, plant-based on a, at plant-based on a budget also. Um, so I can list all those links as well. Is there anything else you wanted to leave with our listeners today? I think that that's all. If if anyone is interested in learning more about plant-based um, or even eating more plant-based dishes, it's not an all or nothing thing. I'm all about progress over perfection. I am all about being inclusive. So if you are interested in more plant-based recipes, I hope you consider my book, Plant-Based on a Budget Quick and Easy. And as Gabby mentioned, you can find me on social media at Plant-Based on a Budget. Yeah. Or just trying something new. If you just want to try some new fun recipes, you know, you don't have to, you don't even have to want to, to give up meat or to go vegan, just try something new or eat, eat a little bit healthier, just something a little bit different. So yeah. Well, thank you so much, Tony, for coming on the show today. I will have um, all of that and link to your book uh, listed on the show notes. And I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much for your time and for having me. It was a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, thank you. And thank you everyone for listening. I will see you all next week. 